Welcome to Sounds Out of Time. I'm your host, Matt Kohut. Aztec Two-Step has been a mainstay of the American folk rock scene for more than 50 years. A year after Rex Fowler and Neil Shulman met by chance at an open mic night in Boston, they had a debut album out on Elektra Records, and they were off and running. When Neil retired from performing in 2018, Rex reconfigured the band as Aztec Two-Step 2.0 with his wife Dodie Pettit, a longtime Broadway performer whose many credits included serving as an original cast member in Phantom of the Opera. They're currently touring a show that the band developed more than a decade ago with New York rock DJ Pete Fornatel. The Simon and Garfunkel songbook originally featured the band playing songs and Fornatel providing a storyline. Fornatel died in 2012, and today, music historian Tony Treguardo, who collaborated with Fornatel on the story, serves as the narrator. Here's my conversation with Rex Fowler and Dodie Pettit of Aztec Two-Step 2.0. Well, Rex and Dodie, thanks for joining Sounds Out of Time today. Thank, Thank you. Thanks for having us. The Simon and Garfunkel songbook show that you're doing is really a natural fit for this show. I'm always interested in what inspires or influences musicians. And this is music that meant something to both of you in different ways. Rex, I'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about how this show got started in the first place. I know that the legendary... New York rock DJ Pete Fornatel had something to do with it. Tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, Pete um, had always been a big supporter of ours on WNEW FM radio in New York City. And uh, he contacted us to sing a few Simon and Garfunkel songs for the debut of his book that he was writing about bookends. And, uh, you know, the Simon and Garfunkel seminal album bookends. So we, we thought that'd be kind of fun. And what turned out immediately, what we what we figured out immediately was what a good idea this was. So we rolled it out and our agent started selling it or, you know, what I guess that's the word. And and it really we had thank goodness we had 25 or 30 shows that we were able to do with Pete over the two or three year period and uh, before he tragically passed. But it was really a, just a highlight of my life work, you know, being be able to share the stage with him. And, and the other thing that I really took from it was how his fan base absolutely adored the opportunity or loved the opportunity of being able to tell, <clears throat> tell them how important he was to their lives. Cause he really, he was a pioneer in FM radio and he just had a way about him that just made you feel like, boy, I'm listening to my, my best friend. You know, it was really something to see that transpire. Now the show is both songs and some stories Tell us a little bit about the kinds of stories that figure into the show. Simon Garfunkel's first single, uh, Sound of Silence, was on their Wednesday morning 3 a.m. album. And it came out in 1964 on Columbia Records and immediately tanked. And when the album tanked, uh, Artie uh, went back to Columbia University to study uh, architecture. Hello, Frank Lloyd Wright. And uh, Paul went back to England uh, to be with his girlfriend, Kathy, and, uh, and continued to write songs. And this was 1964. And uh, about a year later, their producer, Tom Wilson, the first, uh, not the first, but only one of two African-American producers for major labels back then, who also produced Bob Dylan's early records and was working uh, and was producing Dylan's seminal uh, Like a Rolling Stone song. 
kept behind the bass, drum, and uh, electric guitarist from that session and overdubbed it on top of Sound of Silence. And I guess that uh, that was one song that actually got a little bit of airplay, just a little bit, mostly down in, in Florida. But the, the reason why he did this was because folk rock was just beginning to emerge. And the Birds had the first single in the folk rock genre called uh, Tambourine Man. Some of you folks might have heard of that. This guy named Bob Dylan <laughs> wrote that. And uh, so without them knowing, Tom Wilson had these guys overdub those instruments. And uh, I guess at that point, you could say the rest is history because it went all the way to number one and already had the good good fortune to call on his friend up, uh, Paul, in England and said, come on home, buddy. We got a, we got a hit single. Now, you mentioned Sound of Silence. Dodi, before we started rolling here, you said that this was a song that actually meant something to you and had moved you earlier in your life. Say a little bit about what Sound of Silence had meant at that time. Well, I was in my early teens, and I think that song spoke to a lot of us in that age group back then. It, it was something that was uh, different from the Beatles and the other Motown and pop songs that came out. It was kind of spooky and evocative, and it sort of talked to the kid that was sitting in their room, kind of like the unsocial kid. That, you know, who didn't feel like they fit in or they were having a tough time with, with, with growing up, you know, growing pains. And I think Paul Simon said this was about uh, a song about people who had a hard time loving. And um, that really spoke to our age group, I think, you know, the kids that were having a tough time, you know, with their social group. And um, after that, I'm, I'm a rock came out. You'll probably remember that. And that actually became... Uh, even more my favorite song <laughs> and to a lot of kids my age because a lot of us felt you know sort of isolated if we couldn't get in our social group and, and we'll be tough and tough it out I never heard a song like with those kind of lyrics in it introspective more poetic lyrics most pop songs were very easily accessible and weren't weren't written by um poets which Paul Simon really was yeah Pete Pornichello said that uh, Paul Simon single-handedly uh, raised the IQ of rock and roll by ten points, <laughs> and it's a point well taken. Uh, it, it, he, you know, I I remember from I'm a Rock, my stodgy forty-year-old English professor in college used it to illustrate in what class? Uh, alliteration. You're right. You're right. You get an A on your quiz. Uh, and he, you know, he could have easily done used Edna Saint Vincent Millay or you know. Um, Robert Frost, somebody of those of, of, the, of that ilk. And no, he chose the poet of our generation. And it was a proud moment for me. And I'm sure maybe a couple of the other people in the class, although I kind of doubt it. <laughs> well, I think a lot of kids uh, in our teens, because of Paul Simon and, and others like him, picked up a guitar for the first time and said, wow, this is poetry. You know, I can play three or four chords, so maybe I can write something like that. I think a lot of us got started that way. Yeah, I mean, probably the Beatles more so beforehand, but yeah. but you know, but by all means, uh, Paul Simon, Simon and Garfunkel, these two guys, you know, they'd walk out on stage with one guitar and the other guy with his finger in his ear, and they, and they completely, mesmerized and energized you know their generation i mean it's crazy they were competing against the beatles the rolling stones you know cd wonder 
you name it. And they put a record out and knock them all off the number one position. It was pretty, it's pretty amazing what they were able to do. And by the way, just as a little tidbit of information, The Sounds of Silence is one of the 20 most played songs of the 20th century. Isn't that, a, that's just amazing that I, when I read that. Well, with that in mind, let's listen to a little bit of I Am A Rock, which gets a little bit less airplay. A winter's day In a deep and dark December I am alone Gazing from my window To the streets below On a freshly fallen silent shroud of snow I am a rock I am a Rex, you mentioned when we were talking in a f- previous call that Kathy's song had really been something of a bar that you wanted to meet as a songwriter. Tell me a little bit about what it was about Kathy's song that really grabbed your imagination. Well, as, as Dodie mentioned, poetry of that song, is it was just astounding to me. And I, let me just back up a little bit and say, if it wasn't for Bob Dylan, I never would have picked up a guitar. I was going into my senior year. And my folks had just uh, begun divorce proceedings, which was devastating to me. I grew up in a small town, rural town in Maine, and people just didn't get divorced back then. And um, But this kid from college at a resort in Maine, on the coast of Maine, where I had gone to work that summer to, to get out of my little town in Pittsfield, you know, uh, just to get away from everything. And he played me a, an early Bob Dylan album, uh, the acoustic albums. And um, I, I was a huge fan of music. I starting with Frank Sinatra. I used to listen in the backseat of my parents' car. And then Elvis, of course, my sister's generation. And then the Beatles, hello. All of these amazing, and then the Rolling Stones and Let's Up and you name it, all those great music, you know, a golden age of rock and roll. I totally loved it and was inspired by it, but I was never inspired or thought that I could ever play a guitar or sing or anything like that. But it took this plaintive voice of Bob Dylan to to just turn my head around. And I came home that summer all fired up about going in my senior year, all fired up about this guy, Bob Dylan. And ironically, or fortuitously, my sister's college roommate left their guitar behind the love seat of my of, uh, in our house. So it was almost preordained for me. I picked it up and I, and I immediately started pounding away on Hollis Brown on the E minor chord. And little by little, um, and I wanted to write songs like Bob Dylan. Now comes along Donovan and then Paul Simon. And it, those guys really started uh, as much as a poet of, as Dylan was. He was a, of a different ilk. These guys were more mainstream, if you will, you know, the, the Robert Frost of our generation. And this particular song, Kathy's song, was stunning to me. And I always dreamed that maybe somehow, someday I could come up with something that's even laughably in the same ballpark. Well, I never did. <clears throat> I've written some nice love songs, and I'm sure some of our fans would agree with that. But the other thing about it, the chord progression, C to, to D sus, you know, that's, that's an easy chord for a beginner guitar player to play, the C chord, and then you slide it up two frets. And that's how Paul Simon started Kathy's song. Another guy named Neil Young had a song with the same chord progression called Sugar Mountain. 
And between those two songs, I'm noodling around, I came up with, you know, with the chord change, uh, the initial chord change for pro what's probably our best known song, which is the Highway song. The gate was closing The sun was falling Her hand was waving And so the influence was there in terms of the chordal progressions. So this song was really important to me in a lot of ways. And, you know, it, to, to me, it, to this day, I mean, just the poetry in that song in particular is astounding. Well, let's listen to a few bars of Kathy's song. I hear the drizzle of the rain like a memory it falls Soft and warm continuing Tapping on my roof and walls Dodie, you came to Aztec Two-Step from a very different career in musical theater. You were one of the original cast members of Phantom of the Opera. I'm curious how the introspective music of Simon and Garfunkel is for you after having been part of such, well, theatrical music in the past? Well, it never left me. Let's, let's put it that way. I kind of look back at my life as having taken um, a side trip into the Broadway theater. I started out as uh, 12 years old with a guitar in my hand, you know, and, and got into a rock and roll band in high school. So that was really in my DNA all through my high school years. Loved Joan Baez, first of all. She was like, like Dylan was for Rex. But I learned how to play in rock and roll bands. And I also was uh, sent for dance lessons early on. So I was a very good dancer. Somehow by luck, I, was, I landed up in New York City I was married to a record producer who owned a recording studio. I was happy as a clam. And then one day I saw an audition for Cats and I went, it sounds very simple, but I was already a very accomplished dancer and singer by that point. I was, I was 30 years old. So I had been pursuing a life in music and I had actually gotten some songs on um, a couple of well-known uh, albums, Vicki Sue Robinson albums, one of them. And I was tr trying this career in music that wasn't happening. That's how I met Rex. <laughs> um, they came in to record their uh, fifth album in our studio in New York, their fifth album, which is called The Times of Our Lives. Right. And that's how we met. And I sang on it and played guitar on it. So here I was um, pursuing a, a musical career and, and I auditioned for Cats. And lo and behold, I got into Cats on Broadway. Boom. <laughs> People would want to kill me. And that started out of... Uh, I thought I'd stay six months, but it, it lasted 15 years, 15, 20 years. And, um, but the music never left me. So when I retired from all this, I couldn't do eight shows again today if you paid me. Eight a shows a week. <laughs> for, I could for a few weeks, but not for years like I did. But I was really pretty much done with that kind of life. I loved it. It was great. And I still love Broadway musicals and write them and stuff. But when Rex came back in my life, it was like an old shoe, you know, this music, you know, because I played in lots of top 40 bands and 
all kinds of things. But learning this material just took me back to my youth and all these wonderful songs, some of the greatest songs in, in the canon of, of folk rock. And I knew them all by heart anyway. I didn't, all I had to do was get on the keyboard and on the guitar well, that's Simon and, and figure out the parts, Simon but, and Garfunkel. But not Aztec Two-Step. Oh, not Aztec no. Two-Step. No, I had to learn all the Aztec Two-Step songs, but they were all so familiar to me that it was actually a, a joy to sit down and actually play them. Uh, first couple of gigs I played, I did play with, with Neil and Rex, because Neil was just segueing out of or into his retirement at that time. They had a few uh, gigs left over and you and I were still just, you know, gotten together at that point. And Rex invited me to come and play keyboards with them. And Neil and Rex were doing that and sing a little bit yeah. in the background. But mm -hmm. that's how the genesis of, of me segueing into, you know, you, you know, this show. It was, it's just so much fun. It really is. I feel like a kid again when I'm playing those songs. Yeah. Well, music has the capability to transport us like no other art form really does. Rex and Dodie, you're going to be at the Hopewell Theater in Hopewell, New Jersey on May 22nd. I can't thank you enough for speaking with me. This has been a real pleasure. Well, thanks so much. We're really looking forward to it. And I just want to mention that we are bringing our band, our entire band, um, it's a five-piece ensemble plus a, a narrator, uh, Tony Trogarda, who was a protege of Pete Fornatel's. And um, so we're representing the songs in the folk rock tradition. And we're, we're hoping to show, when we do this as, as well, to showcase our band Aztec Two-Step 2.0, because, you know, since Neil retired, uh, it's taken on a completely different feel, thanks to Dodie's electric guitar sure. prowess and keyboards and we're doing a lot of three-part harmonies now, whereas Neil and I only did two-part back in the day. So it's, a, it's really a lot of fun. It's really a joy to do. Thank you for having us, Matt. We really do appreciate it. Aztec Two-Step 2.0 will be performing at the Hopewell Theater in Hopewell, New Jersey on Sunday, May 22. For more information, check out hopewelltheater.com. If you like Sounds Out of Time, please sign up at soundsoutoftime.substack.com for playlists, transcripts, and recommended listening. Thanks, as always, to digital guru Matt White. And remember, if your ear is thirsty for something new, try something old. Until next time, this has been Matt Kohut, bringing you Sounds Out of Time. <laughs>